Time for another episode of Pats from the Past, our podcast. Matt Smith alongside with uh, Brian Morey. We're not a side anymore, Brian, since you've bailed. Uh, we're like the Red Sox, 28 players, uh, 28 caps. But we are pleased to be joined by number 59 in your program, but number one in your heart, Roosevelt Colvin, live from Indianapolis. Rosie, how you doing, man? Good, man. Uh, just finished cutting my grass. It's a sunny day here in Indy, so... Doing well, man. Blessed. Did you ever – so, like, listening to those dulcet tones again brings back so many memories when we used to have you do VO work back in the studio. Did you – like, mm-hmm. I know you're very busy, and why we want to let fans know what you're up to these days. Did you ever pursue a voiceover career, man? Because you should have. I did not, but um, if there's anyone out there that is looking, um, I'm open to it. I did a series for Purdue football here recently um, – the, the 500th game in Ross A Stadium was their, their season opener against, uh, I think it was Oregon State. And um, my daughter, who is a freshman volleyball player at Purdue, moved in over the summer. So they asked me to do sort of a, a recording and a taping of her moving in. And then uh, they asked me to do some voiceovers for Purdue football. And uh, I enjoy it, man. It, you know, I, it, it gives me... Uh, opportunity to show my personality. Uh, my mom was a was a small time uh, actress here in Indianapolis for years, and did plays. I actually was in one of the plays with her, the uh, Helen Keller story, and uh, it allows me to dabble in my uh, in my acting mode. Uh, I'm, I don't know <laughs> if I would ever be an actor, but I think uh, I could get away with it on some small roles. And I think if memory serves me right. We, uh, Artrell Hawkins, I think we opted for him after you had done a year or so. Artrell Hawkins, that's a nice voice, man. Remember his voice? Mm, yeah. Yeah, Trell <laughs> has a really uh, masculine, deep, uh, As do uh, you. monotone voice. And, uh, last time I saw Trell uh, was, man, I want to say it was at a Super Bowl. I don't know if it was a Super Bowl here or maybe it was the Combine here in Indianapolis. And um, he had... He was doing a radio show. Can't remember who he was doing it with, but uh, it was either the Bengals or the Browns. It was an Ohio radio show that he was doing, and uh, voice is the same, man. That dude is he. Now, if anybody needs to be getting paid, he's doing like all state commercials. That dude, he's he's the guy. But I am up for it. If anybody is uh, watching or watches the podcast, man, reach out to me. I have uh, I have ample time on my hands if, if, if you need me. Well, you really no one, don't. No one's ever told me, Matt, I have dulcet tones. Right. So. I, I don't think you really don't, Rosie. So let's um, let's refresh Patriot fans what it is that you're up to these days, and you are a very busy man. Yeah, um, man, being a dad uh, is and, and a husband is always uh, number one on my list. Uh, so uh, me and Tiffany are still uh, happily married, enjoying life here in Indy. Um, uh, my oldest son has moved, has moved to Chicago. Uh, my oldest daughter is here in Indy. Uh, my youngest daughter, Raven, she is at, as a freshman at Purdue now, uh, playing volleyball. And then our youngest, Miles, which he, you know, he was he was four or five you know, when we got my last year in New England. He is now a 16-year-old junior, and he's committed to play basketball at Purdue uh, in a couple of years. So outside of you know those things, going up and down 65 to Lafayette to watch Raven or um, with Miles uh, on a you know visit or you know a basketball entity situation, but um, outside of those things, um, we still own and operate uh, five UPS stores here in the area, uh, which have been you know great for us. 
Um, those are going well. And then we still have the bakery. I know you guys, uh, I hope you guys had the opportunity to to taste a couple of the treats that uh, came from Sweetie's Gourmet Treats, my wife's bakery. She's expanded to two locations now. Wow. And we're, I think we're going on 12 years in business. It's what year is this, 2021? Yeah, so yeah. we're going on 12 years in business. And I still coach middle school sports at Heritage Christian School here in Indianapolis. Um, I enjoy that a lot just because it, it's, a, it's my ministry. allows me to pour into kids that I think are going to be the pillars of our communities here in the city and help them understand what they can learn from sports and athletics, um, the bonds that they can have from their teammates and then uh, ultimately if there's some kids that can go division one and play you know athletic play division one athletics and ultimately go pro you know try to help those parents you know make those decisions as well um, and then the last thing which is probably one of my busier things is my basketball club which you know miles is probably the feature player in that it's the indian basketball club and again just trying to help mentor you know young kids and families to get the opportunity and chances that I had when, you know, I was, you know, when I got the chance to go to Purdue and then ultimately to the NFL. So wait a minute now, no recruiting violations with both your kids going to Purdue. I mean, you gotta be a booster, right? I mean, what the heck? I no, watched no, no, the blind no, no. side. They got it. They investigated Michael Orr for going to Mississippi <laughs> Ole Miss. Hey, um, so that there aren't any recruiting violations. I have, um, I, I try not to donate uh, any fun, mon, money at all, <laughs> um, but no, seriously, uh, uh, my, you know, Raven has, you know, she did a, a, a great job of working herself into that opportunity at Purdue and uh, Coach Shondell and the Purdue Volleyball Program have been um, a pillar in national volleyball across the country for years, uh, the Shondell family. So him acknowledging and seeing her as a talent uh, to come on board was, you know, huge for us, obviously being at Purdue. Um, and then Miles, you know, Miles is, you know, I hate to say, a 16-year-old phenom. And that kid, he is, he's a much better athlete than I am. Uh, he's a much better basketball player, I would say that. I probably, I'm probably a better football player. But uh, for Purdue to recognize who he was at an early age, he was offered a scholarship at 15. Um, so, you know, for that situation to develop to where it is now, um, I tip my hat to them. And they work hard. I push them. You know, my years there in New England, have given me opportunities to help them understand what it takes to be um, the best, or if not the best, then a part of the best. And so they're they're soaking that up, and uh, you know we're 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 moving forward with them. So Rosie, can you elaborate on what you just said a little bit? Because you cited your years in New England. I'd like to know what that how that translates to what you're talking about now about helping other kids win. Yeah, um, you know, my, forgetting, you know, not forgetting, but you know, put putting kids, my kids and the kids that I mentor aside, you know, my years in New England um, helped me every single day when it comes to running my businesses, uh, being able to, to to watch Mr. Kraft and Bill, um, guys like Scott Pioli, you know, everybody that was in the uh, in, in the scouting department, um, all the way down to, you know, the training room staff, to equipment room staff, uh, to, you know, those that prepare food for us, uh, you know, all those you know, entities and operations that contributed to championship seasons. And not every year was a Super Bowl year, but um, as I look back on my years in New England, I think every year we were, you know, uh, you know, we were above 500. I think the worst year that I had in New England was the year that I came back, which my last year when oh, Tom you know, went down and Matt Castle was a quarterback and we missed the playoffs, um, you know, um, be, uh, to the Dolphins, I think it was. You were 11 and five uh, too, yeah. by the way. Yeah. yeah you guys were yeah, 11 so. and five that year. 
Yep, 11-5. And that was, that was sort of like an anomaly. And so for me, I take those situations on how Bill um, can, um, you know, I didn't say manipulate, but handle different egos, balance the cap. Um, those are real life situations and people don't really understand that. You know, every day, regardless of what, you know, what entity or situation you're in, you know, there are egos in every workplace. Um, there are, you know, different pay scales in every workplace. And so for me, I have a model. Um, there's a, bu a budget that I have to balance. There's a certain amount of funds that I can pay certain individuals that are in certain roles. And so um, those those lessons that I saw, those lessons that I learned, soaked up as you know my, my five to five and a half, six years there in New England were huge or are huge now because it helps me, you know, balance those things with my current staff. Um, you know, people ask why or how, and I say, man, I, I have some 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 on-site lessons that I learned in 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 Foxborough that you know I could you know I, I couldn't learn anywhere else. So that, those were big, and then I'd say. Um, you know, when you transfer that down to or dumb it down to, you know, my everyday activities when it comes to youth sports, um, you know, there is a truth in youth sports that some parents don't see or don't want to hear. And, um, you know, my, my son goes to a small 2A school. There are a lot of kids that go to that school, uh, a lot of parents that feel uh, entitled. Um, not even, you know, not forget the school, but, you know, we play, we, we play travel basketball. We go around the country and play, and uh, kids try out for club teams, and they feel like they're better than the next person. And um, a lot of times parents don't understand it takes a lot of work to be elite. It takes a lot of work to be the best. And I was able to participate on teams that were elite, that were the best, uh, you know, time and time again. And the the reasonings why, the, re the hows, the twos, the how-tos, the wheres, the wins, you know, getting the edge, you know, I know you guys remember that that term that, you know, Big Mac and, um, you know, Woody and all those guys that used to say brew and we used to, you know, get the edge on your opponent. Those are those are terms and mindsets that I pass on to my kids, uh, my blood, my, you know, kids that are, you know, raving and miles as they're continuing their athletic careers, but also kids that I coach and that I can be able to touch. So um, my years in New England are priceless to me at this moment in my life. So, I think a lot of Patriots fans probably forget that you didn't start your career in New England. You started in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And Brian mentioned recruiting, you know, as far as Purdue is concerned. But I think uh, Patriots fans would be interested to know, Rosie, what your recruitment was like when you became a free agency. You know, how did that <laughs> go down, y y the eventual path to get here to New England? <laughs> Man, I, <clears throat> I've told this story many times, and uh, I don't know if people believe me, but I didn't want to come to New England. I, I, I was a free. I was in Chicago. Um, loved the Bears. Loved the Bears organization. Um, McCaskies, they're you know great people. Um, and one of the one of the reasons why I became a free agent was because of the infamous check box situation. And I, I have yet to be able to ask if this was done purposely or not. But uh, when I was drafted, there were three linebackers: myself, Warwick Holman, Kari Samuel. The, my second year, they drafted Brian Urlacher, uh, which I tell people all the time. I'm the reason why Brian is in the Hall of Fame, which I, I'm not never going to back down from that. But anyway, don't blame um, me. So, myself and Ward Holman's contract were coming up at the same time. Brian came on, had a hell of a rookie year, um, 
So after my third season, you know, my, my rookie year contract expires and so does Warwick Holmans. For some strange reason, um, you know, teams have to, well, not strange reason, but teams, when they when they send in their restricted free agents, you know, all that stuff back in that CBA, you had to check certain boxes. And so on Warwick's contract, there was a box that was unchecked where that if he went out and got a contract, he, he was not getting matched. So there was a potential situation that, um, I was going to be a free agent, Ward was going to be a free agent, and Brian Erlacher was going to be a free agent, and they were going to lose the whole linebacking core. And so they ended up signing Ward to an extended deal, sort of put, you know, lit the fuse on, you know, my time in, in Chicago. And so uh, we played the Patriots my free agent year in Champaign. Uh, we got cheated. I don't know how they called. Oh, that was a great catch in the back of the end zone by Deion Branch. David Patton was out of bounds. I don't David, know how David, they. That's even, what I meant, David Patton. That's yeah, David Patton was out of bounds. Late, great David Patton, uh, got rested, so uh, was out of bounds. Um, no way. So in bounds, it wasn't even. Matt Light was Matt Light was holding me the entire drive. That's I was possible. killing. I was, that's I was off the ball so fast that drive. I go back and watch all the time. I was off the ball so fast. There's no way that Tom got the ball off. Uh, Tom threw a pass to David Patton in the back of the end zone. He's they claim he scored a touchdown. We lost the game. But anyway, that was my audition, I think, for Bill. And so offseason came. I had, uh, I had, you know, I had injured my shoulder at Purdue, my last game in the Alamo Bowl, and I never got it fixed. And so my, sh- I, I literally played three years, three and a half years in Chicago with just one arm. I would go out, hit people, my shoulder would dislocate, it would go numb for the rest of the game, and I would just be out to tackle with one arm. So I had surgery. Didn't go. I was supposed to go to the Pro Bowl that offseason. Didn't go to the Pro Bowl. Um, and my agent calls and said, hey, man, we'll, you know, here's the plan. Here's what we're going to do. And I said, hey, man, look, this is what I want. I want to be somewhere warm hmm. or indoors on turf because I was a pass rush guy. And I said, I don't want to go. Like, I'm, I'm in Chicago. Like, if they're not going to sign me back, then I want to go somewhere where I can control, you know, what my stats and getting indoors. So. Detroit was on my list. Tampa was on my list. Uh, Jacksonville, uh, San Francisco, you know, all warmer at the time. He called me and said, "Hey, man, Bill, Bill, Bill wants wants you wants to bring you out." I'm like, "Bill, who?" He said, "Bill Belichick." <laughs> I said, "That's the dude that used to coach with Bill Parcells, right?" He's like, "Yeah." I said, "Nah, man." Uh, We'll, we'll, we'll talk to him later. Let's go to Jacksonville. You know? <laughs> Let's go to Detroit, Arizona. Mary J. Mary J. just got the uh, either just got the job in Arizona. The Lions or Detroit. Job. I can't remember which Lions one. Job. Yeah, I think Arizona offered you a deal. They did, and yeah. so I'm, I'm on plane. Like I'm, I go to Detroit, and Detroit lays it out. They give me a jersey. I got it in my basement. They got a '59 jersey. Uh, go to dinner. I think that was where Mary J. was. We go to dinner. It was yeah, you're right. Um, my, my agent called and said, hey, man, Bill wants to talk to you. I said, I don't want to talk to Bill, okay? I'm not going to New England because New England is colder than Detroit. I mean, I'm colder than, than Chicago. So he says, okay. So my next stop was Arizona. And at that time, um, uh, I can't, I didn't remember who the coach was in Arizona, but Arizona was the next stop. And I get to Arizona. Denny Green, maybe? Go through the whole thing with Arizona. You know, they got me on the billboard and all that stuff. And so we fly back. No deals in place. Uh, and so the next stop was Jacksonville. So I go to Jacksonville, visit with Jacksonville, have a great time. I'm like, man, I love it. Jacksonville, small town, you know, warm climate, ready to go, got a little nice turf, you know. 
and uh, get back to the hotel room. He's like, you know, they're talking about Detroit's got, you know, I got Detroit on the line, yada, yada. He said, man, Bill called again. I said, oh, dude, I don't want to go to New England. So uh, he says, you, he said, Rosie, you got to go. You, you got to go. I mean, he said, he said, this is Bill Belichick. You, you know, he, they just came off a of Super Bowl. It, you know, you got to go. I said, okay, I'll go. I, uh, I fly into, I fly into Logan. Never, I'll never forget this. They picked me up, Scout. I can't remember. I think his name was Sean. Picked me up in a Ford Taurus. Like every other, every other visit, limo, like stretch limo, right? Five-star hotel. They picked me up in a Ford Taurus. And this dude's got scouting papers and stuff in the car, old McDonald's bag. We drive, we're going down the highway. And I'm just looking at, I'm just looking outside the car and I'm looking, I'm like, there's trash everywhere. Like, do they not clean up the highway? Like, what is going on? Cause I, you know, I'm coming from Indiana. Indiana, the, you know, highway, everything. There's trash, it's, it's gloomy, it's an overcast. We pull up to the stadium, nobody's there. Walk in, lights are off, Bill's in there in his office, Bears shows up, right? My first time ever being Bears. Bears shows up and says, hey, I'm Bears and Jaron, I'm, you know, Bill's, you know, assistant, yada, yada. So, okay, he said, Bill, be with, be ready for you in a second. Take you on a little tour, a little quick tour. Bears walks me down the main hallway, get to the locker room, lights off in the locker room. He said, hey, this is the locker room. Doesn't even turn the lights on. This is the locker room. He said, I'm going to take you upstairs. He takes me, he ta- get, takes me to an elevator. He takes me upstairs, like one of the club suites or something like that. It has like, it has like some pictures from guys on the wall. He said, this is the club suite, you know, yada, yada. I'll take you back down to Bill. I get back down to Bill's office. Uh, we sit in the office and we watch film. <laughs> like, man, what are we doing, man? Like, are we, let's go out to eat. Where's the steak dinner? You know, we're, we're, in, we're in Boston. Give me some lobster or something. Nothing. Uh, talk to Bill. You know, he shows me some film. This is how we want to use you. We watch some old film in Chicago. Like, what do you think of here? What was you thinking here? I'm like, dude, what are we in here talking about? Um, and then get to uh, the end of the visit, and uh, they take me back to the uh, uh, what's the team hotel during training camp? Um, well, it's now the Four Points was it the Four the Points? Residence Inn. No, I'm at the okay. Residence Inn. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, and I may be mistaken, but I'm at the Residence Inn, and I call my agent. Hey, man. Can you get me a ticket home ASAP? Okay, so Miss Nancy, I don't know if Miss Nancy's still there, but she Ms. is. Nancy, she yes. is. Miss Nancy gets me the first flight out. She says, "Hey, Rosie, thanks for coming. Get you." I said, "Give me the first because they wanted to do something the next day." I'm like, "Man, give me the first flight out." And so that either I don't know if it was that night or that morning, Sean picks me up in the same Ford Taurus. I think it was a '95. It had to be a '95. So you know, it's seven years old. A '95 Ford Taurus takes me to Logan, drops me off. I'm like, "Hey, man, appreciate it. I'm out." And end of the day, man, um, they offered me the best contract out of everybody, and uh, it worked out to be the best situation for me. And so I, I don't regret those situations. So wait a minute. Tremendous have, story. Have you, and, have you and Rodney Harrison shared your free agent stories? Because he signed the same year. Right. And they took, <laughs> they, they, they took him to eat at the ground round. They took him to right. the ground they, round. They, they, I don't. I don't even know what the ground right is. That, right. Is that a like, high restaurant? No, it's like no. Uh, what's a place like downtown a, in Indy? Like shake, shake, a burger or something oh, like that. Oh, like a burger place. It's a. It's, it's what it yeah, is. Kind of, it's like a nine. Uh, like an Applebee's. Applebee's. It's like Applebee's. I would have been okay with that, but at the end of the day, uh, no, I don't, I don't think I've talked to Rodney, but I do remember. I'm trying to think. I don't know if me and Rodney signed at the same time. I think we signed either the. Within the it was same. Really close. Day. Yeah, about a yeah, week. It was really close. And Tyrone Poole too. Right. Yeah, T Poole. Yeah. So. For you. 
that that um that experience just showed me you know you know as I, as I look back on my time in New England, it just showed me what they're all about. It's just all about winning. Um, it, there's no there's no fancy. Uh, there were no fancy. Now I, I don't know if Bill has adapted his his model and his thought process, but um, you know for me uh, it was fine because you know I'm never I've never been, really been that guy anyway to be you know you know uh, wind and dine. It, it really was. Man, how much money do you have? And I hate to say that, but how much money do you have? And they offer me the best contract, and, uh, and, and uh, I appreciate that. Well, a lot of so people Matt, around here with short memories, Rosie. You know, and every we're all like, what happened in the last hour? Nobody has, nobody can remember everything. Short attention span and everything like that. So, they spent a lot of money this off season in free agency, and you know, mm-hmm. people going, oh wow, look at the Patriots. They never in free agency. They never signed top of the market guys. They Not never, true. never, never. And we're going. Do you guys not remember Rosie Colvin in 03? Do you guys not remember yeah. Rodney Harrison in 03? Bill will do it if it makes sense and his guys yeah. out there. And you yeah. were you and Rodney were his guys. Yeah, and I and I think at that time, um, you know, Big Mac was, you know, at the point where they were trying to figure out where what was gonna, you know, what they were gonna do with him over the next year or two. Um yeah, you know, Vrabel, Mike Mike had just came in the year before too. Uh, I don't know if he was there. For, Mike was there for the first Super Bowl, wasn't he? Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so Mike was Mike was sort of in that role of he was a free agent guy coming in, being a special team guy, kind of worked his way into a a playing role. Um, you know, all the other backers were older. You had Fife, you had Big Ted, um, Big Mac, Brew, uh, Chatham, Izzo, and then Tully came in, and I was the eighth guy. And and I walked in that room, in that linebacker room, and I was the second youngest guy in the room to Tully Banta Kane. As a draft pick, everybody else was six, seven years in the league, and um, the, you know, Bill and them, they spend, like you said, they spend as long as it's a value that they feel. I mean, I, at that time, I'd signed the biggest free agent contract in Patriots history, um, but I also think at that time the CBA wasn't to the point where one, the cap was really high, and you had to spend all your money. I think that changed in about four, five, or six years later, where they said you guys can't hold on to the money; you got to pay, you got to pay guys the money, and so I know. A couple of years later was when the Dailies came in, and the Dailies, I mean, made my contract look like a like a like a like a uh, like I was an undrafted free agent. So um, I think Bill spins where he wants to spend, and, and you know, it just creates a dynamic of you guys in the media uh, want to talk about. It. Hey, Matt, I got a funny story though. So uh, his after Rosie signs here, um, in the off season, he used to go down and, and meet with Coach Belichick to do Coach's Corner for Patriots Football Weekly. So. I'm sitting outside Bears' office waiting to meet with Bill, and here comes Rosie, and he sits down, and he's eating a sandwich from the player dining room. And he says, man, I'm getting so sick of this food. And I go like this. Well, there's, like, plenty of restaurants. Just get in your car and drive down the street. He looks at me and goes, well, this is free. <laughs> yeah, yes. He designed the biggest contract in Patriots history, and he's sick of the food. But it was free, so he was eating it. Well, I remember <laughs> vividly. I remember vividly the first time. So I started in 04. I remember the first time on a team flight and seeing Rosie, and he looked like he was going away for, like, a three weeks hibernation. It was Gatorade bottles. It was bags and everything. And I, I said, what's with Rosie taking everything off the plane? And somebody goes, what's the price of the food? I said, Smart man, smart man, <laughs> smart man. Hey man I, I've uh, if it's free, give me three. And <laughs> I've tried to teach my kids to take advantage of those situations. Like Ravens at Purdue right now, and you know, college sports is totally different than it was when I was a college athlete. I mean, it's just ridiculous what they 
what the what the kids are offered and given now, but um, you know, they have like a, a whole full blown like like a full blown smoothie bar and and snack bar in the in the weight room for these college athletes. And I'm like, Raven, you need to make sure that you're getting because when I was in college, we used to come out for three days. Uh, this is our head trainer at Purdue was Denny Miller. He would only allow us to get one juice. That was after practice. That was after practice. You get one juice. And so I would go back and be like, and I'm taking a whole six pack. I'm taking a six pack and I'm drinking all of it right now. And he would get mad and come take it back out of my locker. And so um, over the years as I've gone through the process of being a professional athlete and I'm able to, uh, let's say, take advantage of the free uh, uh, merchandise and, uh, you know, I've taken full advantage of it. Smart man. So let me ask you this, you know, Rosie, here you come. You know, rebuilt Patriots defense, disappointment in their mouths, you know, not making the playoffs in 2 after winning the Super Bowl. Bill's going to reload. He's uh, hungry for beer. And here comes Rosie Colvin. Terrible week one. I know Brian wants to look at that for a second. But, but when you get hurt in week two against Philadelphia, what's going through your mind at that point in time? Like, what must you have been thinking? Uh, it was devastating, you know, um, yeah, I think back to that time. That's a, that was a life changing moment for me, um, and I, I don't know if 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 I would rather go through it again or not. Um, I know in hindsight there were some things that I probably that I did probably four or five years ago that I wish I would have done right after that situation happened. But um, you know, free agent signing. Biggest free agent in Patriots history, you know. Bill, you know, it's, I, I remember the paper. I remember the, the front page of the paper, the, the second coming of LT. Right? I'm like, man, they compare me to LT. I didn't, yeah, I just, I'm playing Tecmo Bowl with LT, <laughs> and uh, and I get there, you know, training camp because I'm coming off the shoulder surgery, so I can't do a whole. Lot. I got a red jersey on the training camp, um, and OTAs and all that stuff, and I'm just and. I'm used to if I'm off the ball in Chicago, I was you know mostly in coverage. But if I was on the ball, typically I was rushing, and so going to a three-four defense, man, I'm geeked. So I'm like, every play is a blitz for me. I can just I can just get it because for me, it's all about get off on the ball. So I would literally just key the ball and get off, and it would just be regular defense. And Bill would just, he would rip me in practice like, man, you can't do that because you're just creating a gap in a lane. I'm like, well. I'm making the play though. I'm right here. I'm tackling this guy in the backfield. I said, I know we don't have pads on, but you let me do that in the game, and I'm gonna I'm gonna have 40 tackles for loss, and you know halfway through the season, he's like, no, you for the integrity of the defense, you can't do that. And I learned a lot in training camp and going up to that first you know game. We got our face kicked in in Buffalo. Um, I think I did okay. I, don't, I didn't do do bad. I didn't do well enough, obviously, to help the the team win. And then going to Philadelphia. Uh, that injury was, it was just, it was, it was, it was surreal. I mean, I literally, I'd never forget to play. I came around on a stunt, you know, Big Ted calls the fumble on, on Donovan McNabb, ball rolls out. I'm coming around to the left side and I take a peek up the field and I see nothing but daylight. And I bend over and I, you know, to do something I've done thousands of times, I bend over to grab a football and I miss it. And I have to reach back over my hip and I hear the click. And when I do that, I go to take another step and my leg gives out. And I just collapse. And um, first person on top of me was Brew. And then, every, you, know, you know, 10 of everybody else just jumps on top of the pile. Um, 
because I, I got the first turnover of the game. You know, everybody was excited. You know, and, um, and, and and I can't get up. And I and I and I and I, and I get myself up. I you know, Brew helps me up, and I, I kind of limp over to the sideline. I still see the picture. Like I, there's a picture of me kind of grimacing, walking past one of the chains, and I get to uh, the sideline. I get over to the bench. And I'm like, man, this doesn't feel, something doesn't feel right. I called Joe Van Allen over and I said, Joe, man, I don't feel right, man. I said, something, my, my hip doesn't feel right. And he says, what do you mean? I said, man, it just feels funny. And uh, I kind of lean forward and it slides out. And I feel uh, sharp pains, pain I've never felt before in my life. I was like, oh my God. And I try to, I, I straighten my leg. I'm sorry, let me get back to the mic. I straighten my leg out. It slides back in. I said, Joe, man, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think my leg, my, my leg is right. And uh, so they put me on the back of a cart. They take me in the locker room. I sit on the train table again. It slips out again. I said, man, I don't know what's going on, but man, this is the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. And um, so I sit there for about thirty minutes, just trying to figure out what is going on. Um, get dressed get on the bus, you know, get back, you know, headed back, you know, to Foxborough from Philly, uh, get on the plane and uh, I'm sitting on the bus and we're getting ready to get off right in front of, uh, you know, on Patriot Place, right in front of the, the door that we go in and, and it slips out again. And I said, hey man, I don't, I don't know what's going on, but I don't, I don't even know, I, I, I can't even walk right now. And so uh, I, Get into the locker room, you know, my wife comes, gets me, I get to the house, get home, and it slips out again. I'm like, we're on, this is like the fifth time, and it's, and it, every time it's, it feels worse and worse. And so they want me to go get an MRI, I'll go get the MRI. They said, it looks like, you know, you, you know, broke off, chipped off some bone, and it looks like, you know, the hip joint is loose. So we're going to try to, you know, have a slight surgery, try to see if we can repair it. Get to, um, to, to uh, Mass General. Uh, is it Mass General? Yes. Yep. yep. And uh, I go to sit down in the chair and it slips out again. And I tell the doctor, I say, hey, man, I don't know what you're going to do, but uh, if, if you're not going to fix it, then uh, let's not even do anything. But if you're going in there, go in there to fix it and fix it now because I can't take this anymore. And uh, that was... That right there uh, turned me into um, a 200 and you know 45 pound professional athlete that just signed the biggest contract in Patriots history, the second coming at LT. Man, we played the Bears in the preseason, and I came off the edge one time, and it was the and it was the same. And so everything I was telling Bill in practice, I was like, man, you just let me go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go tackle the quarterback every time. I'm gonna be there so fast. I tackled Cordell Stewart before he can even hand the ball. In the backfield, I said, "Man, this is how it's gonna be, man. I'm gonna set a record for sacks because I'm gonna, I'm gonna be blazing. Bill, just give me a ch-. I went, I went from that to, and I couldn't even use the bathroom by myself. It was a very humbling situation. I was bedridden for uh, September, October, and over to, for three months. You know, I, I didn't even, I didn't even go to the facility because I was so down and disappointed that I couldn't play football. But I didn't even play football, but." I just felt like it was the greatest opportunity I had to display my talents. You know, I was, I've always been the, the person that was second guest. I was always been the person that was, now nah, he's not that good. And this was my shot. And, uh, man, that, that was, it was devastating. So, um, took the next three months, man, to 
get a little bit closer in my in my spiritual life, my walk with Christ. Um, you know, I was able to spend more time with my wife, um, with my children, and uh, got the chance to eventually get back in to the facility and, and see the guys. Um, Brew came by. I never forget. You know, Brew. You know, he would come by. We played chess. Um, to this day, we you know, it, Brew is a, holds a special place in my heart because he was one of the the only people that you know you know was you know extended itself outside of you know the locker room, um, and not that everybody anybody else you know should have or, or I wanted them to, but you know it was just a special uh, opportunity, and I appreciate him for that. And uh, and the grind began, man. It was hard. It was really really tough, but. Uh, that that was that was that was devastating for me, and I think that I probably could have played more years, you know. After that, you know, with the way the CBA, you know, they changed the CBA. I mean, they barely out there in pads, probably you know, twelve times a year and stuff like that. Man, that that would have saved my body. But uh, it was a it was a tough it was a tough road to get back to just being noticeable, you know, just being uh, a, a resemblance of myself. And uh, I felt like you know I got to the point where I was you know making some plays. It just was some things that I couldn't do that uh, created the dynamic of not being that guy anymore. You know, Rosie, you've talked a couple times about how Bill wouldn't set you free a little bit, you know? Do you <laughs> think that he made you a more complete linebacker? I, I think he did. Um, I was young, you know. It, again, I, I was I was young for my age, just regardless. I, you know, I was I turned 21 my senior year at Purdue. I, hadn't, I didn't go to a bar until my senior year in West Lafayette. So when I got to the NFL, you know, I, you know, I there were guys, most, most of the guys I got drafted with were 23, 24 years old, two, two, three years older than me. Um, so I think from the standpoint of what I learned in New England, uh, from what I, you know, where I came from in Chicago, it was a tremendous opportunity for me to grow as a player. I just think that I wasn't able to maximize that because of the injury. And so Loss um, of explosiveness. Never, is that fair, Rosie, that you lost some explosive? Is it fair that I to say you lost some explosiveness? I lost – the instinct was there, but the the second and third step, being able to bend on that hip wasn't there. Um, you know, and somebody say, well, when you switch to the other side, well, no, because you got to push off the other side. I couldn't dip on the right side, and I couldn't push on the left side. So I had to, you know, I had to figure it out, but um, – I thought I did okay. I thought I made a couple plays after the fact and, uh, and bounced back for. for uh, you started the Super Bowl, didn't you? Yeah, I did. That was that, and that was huge for me. I don't know, you know. After missing the first one. After which, missing the first one, which had to have been very tough. That had to be like you're sitting there talking about mental, and you know, down in the dumps, you signed the biggest reagent contract, as you're saying, and now you watch that team go 14 and two and win the Super Bowl. Yeah. That had yeah. to be tough too. And the crazy thing is, I predicted that record too. I predicted the 14-2 barrier. Ask Joe Van Allen. I know Joe doesn't work for the uh, the Patriots anymore, but I told Joe in the training room, I said, man, I, I'm I'm thinking 14-2. and two. And the next year, I predicted record. The, the undefeated season, I predicted record. I'm talking about every dime. But, you know, yeah, it the going back to, to the Super Bowl that, that next year was really, really huge because then it allowed me to feel like I earned it. You know, I, I got a ring, but, you know, it was a group project. The, the next year... I got a ring and I earned it, and then I started in that, that game and and made a couple plays. Infamous myself, Matt Light, and Brandon going all infamous for being the most penalized university in, in Super Bowl history. But outside <laughs> that, man, we came out with the win. Now, if I'm correct, correct me if I'm wrong on this. You guys play a four-three all year in '04, and then switch to a three-four for the Super Bowl, or was it vice versa? 
it was vice versa. We played a we played a, a three four all year, and then in the Super Bowl we go to a, a, a four three look, and that put I think it was tied in the middle along with Big C, and then you got Graves uh, and 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 Brew and Fife. You know, it was a it was called Dolphin or something like that, but uh, it was a whole new defense we had never never ran before. And we got down to Jacksonville, and Bill was like, "Oh, this is what we're gonna run all week long." Like, bet I get an opportunity to get on the field, I can play defensive end. I don't have to worry about dropping any coverage. Let's go! And uh, uh, it was a it was a good situation, man. I, I I really I really am 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 appreciative to Mr. Kraft and Bill for sticking with me. You know what I'm saying? Because um, that that's a big injury. That was that the other thing they played in my mind was. As soon as I knew what it was, it was the same injury as Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson. And here we go back to Tecmo Bowl, right? I'm playing with LT. Now I'm supposed to be the next LT. I'm playing um, the year before and with the Bears. My last year, we played San Francisco, and I played against Jerry Rice. I'm like, man, Jerry Rice is the greatest receiver ever, right? And now I'm going, uh, I'm going to New England, and I'm supposed to be the next LT, and I get an injury of Bo Jackson, who I will always use in, in Tecmo and Super Tecmo Bowl because he was a beast. And, uh, and I got the same injury, and he never came back from his. I'm like, man, this is this is my is my career over? And that really is what got us started with the UPS stores. So, and, um, and, and by the way, Bo Jackson couldn't be caught in Tech Mobile. Like right. you, so you, <laughs> exactly. you used exactly. it because you couldn't lose. Right. <laughs> yes. You, you know, you're sitting there talking, uh, Rosie, about Brew and Willie and Vrabes and, you know, that group that you guys had. And then in 07, you had Junior. You remember the the cover shoot for SI? Is that yeah. piece of memorabilia? I hope hanging someplace in your uh, home because, like, if yeah. you think back at that, I mean, there, like, of course Taylor was on the cover of uh, SI, but SI wasn't really there for a lot of linebackers. And that group, yeah. you guys being on the cover that season, that had to be a pretty special deal for you guys, wasn't it? It it was uh, obviously I had never been on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Uh, I think Junior probably had been maybe once or twice. Uh, who else has been there? Well, Junior, Willie AD. Willie's on the cover after they beat the Rams in the first Super Bowl. He's earholing yeah, uh, yeah. Kurt Warner, I think, on the cover is what yep. that was. Yeah. Yep. So for 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 most of us, me, Brew, Braves, AD. Uh, I can't remember who else was on there. I think there had to be another another linebacker it? on it. Uh, Junior. Yeah, but Junior had been on the cover. Okay, I think for right, the rest right, of us, right. that was yeah, the first yeah, time we had been it, on it. But it. Um, for me, it was huge because, you know, I grew up, you know, everybody, I think everybody, you know, as a young kid, uh, grew up collecting Sports Illustrated if you were a sports fan. But, you know, my mom would get them. And being that, uh, you know, again, everybody always, I was always second tier to most people to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated. I, got to, I told my kid, my, my kids I coached uh, the other day, I was like, man, I was on Sports Illustrated. They were like, what? And I right. said, yeah, I was in Sports <laughs> Illustrated. So I got to bring, I got to take some of those in before football season's over. But uh, that was huge, man. It, it was big. And, I, and that whole season, the things that were going on that whole season were just uh, just crazy, just bananas. Um, and, I, and, I, and I appreciate it. I mean, well, Brew, I think. I, I uh, never, never would have thought I would have been on a cover, cover Sports Illustrated, but I was. Well, Brew made it a point then, and I think he still talks about it while he's on TV today. And just if you could comment about that, his fraternal discussion about the position, the backer hood, and, you know, how you guys, that group, 
is just a special group. And I think he still lives and breathes that today. He's probably looking to see if there's any linebackers at ESPN that he can, you know, uh, have a bond with. But that was yeah. a really big deal to him, wasn't it? It, it? it was. It still is. I think he's got uh, Rob up there at ESPN now, so he can they can have some type of type of powwow. But uh, it, w- it was special and unique. I mean, I think you look at, you know, positional groups to who the Bill Belichick, you know, sort of tree is, the Bill Bar- Par- Parcells tree. We talk about we're, we're in a meeting room with Pepper Johnson, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, that dude's a legend. Uh, again, another Tecmo Bowl legend. And huh. These are guys that I'm sitting around as a kid. And so when you talk about um, the, the dynamics of who's in the room, the personalities, I mean, it was, I mean, our meetings, <laughs> it was hard for a guy like Matty Patricia to come in there as a young guy to, to like, what we did to Matty P was what Pep and LT and those guys did to Bill when he was coming up under Parcells. Like, Matty P, I mean, like, Braves would totally, you know, make Matty P feel like a, a three-year-old because Shocker. we knew more than he did. It's like, Matty P, why would you even think to, why are we even here talking about this right now? <laughs> like, we're, we're all vets. Like, we we know more than you do. So why are we even meeting? So, um, and then you throw, this thing, like, and then Junior comes in the room, right? That's just like, okay, what, what? What do y'all what are y'all gonna do? What are y'all gonna do with Junior when Junior says, "Man, I'm not doing it." So it was it was a very unique situation. That I really really uh, cherish this one. I have a I don't know where it is. I gotta find it. I have a I have a notebook. You know, everybody has a notebook, but I had a notebook, and, and I, at that point in my career, I, you know, wasn't really taking about taking notes. I was just writing down quotes that Bill would say and Junior would say back to Bill, or what uh, what Braves would say or what Brew would say. I, mean, I, I literally have notebooks full of you know one-liners that i need to publish one day. i need to publish that book one day did junior call you rosie or did he yes. call you buddy because oh, no. did... so, so he called everybody buddy everybody was buddy uh but he did call me rosie i appreciate that uh, <laughs> but you know, uh man junior was that's a special dude man i i don't know i don't I, i've been very fortunate man to play with some great guys some I think I mean a lot. There's been a lot of guys in New England that are great too, but I think everybody would say that too if they they were fortunate to be in the NFL. But man, I just played with some great guys. I had the opportunity to sit next to some great guys in the meeting, like Junior Seau, Richard Seymour, Willie McGinnis, Mike Vrabel, Teddy Bruce. I'm talking about legends. These dudes are. Unfortunately, I didn't make the the cut for Hall of Fame. I didn't make the Hall of Fame cut that they announced the other day. But I got I got five guys that I played with. You know, just in New England that are on the Hall of Fame list. So, uh, you know, it, it, New England's a special place. And I want to ask you about that. But first, I want to ask you about the chairs being replaced in the linebacker meeting room. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Because Teddy Teddy has brought his rocking chair into the Hall of Fame. Yes. Uh, do, do you so still have your rocking chair? I, I didn't get a rocking chair. I didn't, oh, you were too I, young? I didn't, yeah, I was too young. <laughs> so, because, like I said, when I got to New England, I was 20. I was 25. Everybody else was like 30 years old. So all the guys got rocking chairs except for me. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Me and Tully, me and Tully didn't get Chatham. I don't think Chatham got a rocking chair. And I'm not sure if Izzo got one, but he might have. But um, but man, just just the 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 pure joy to be there and what we did on a daily basis, you know, in our room alone, but then we get out on the on the practice field. You know, me and Ellis Hobbs talk about it all the time. Our our stretch lines. We never stretched. We just, it was, 
we either, you know, it's, we either, you know, recited coming to America or, you know, listen to Matt Light, you know, do his impersonations and then we got ready for practice. But and just, you know, I, I, I've been very, very blessed that my time in New England was was a, was a great one. I compared it to Chicago. I had to I had to be in prayer pre-practice in Chicago because it was so hard because I had, you know, um, great guy. You know, I love him to death. His name is Dale Lindsay. He was the linebacker coach. He actually was Junior's linebacker coach in San Diego, hmm. but he was our linebacker coach. And because we were so young, man, he would run us into the ground. And I said to myself, man, there's no way I'm playing more than four years. Hmm. And so when I got to New England. I was like, man, these dudes are having fun. They're uh, they're laughing and talking to each other. <laughs> so let me let me join in. So um, you know, it, it, it was some really really great times. So let's get back to the Hall of Famers. You mentioned the Hall of Fame nominees. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Richard's obviously been a multiple-time finalist. I'd like to ask you about Richard, Rodney, and now maybe Asante Samuel's on that list mm -hmm. and wh what you think of those guys and their prospects of being uh, inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, I think, you know, uh, we talk about uh, Richard. Let's not go with him first. I think he his career was was tremendous. I think he, you know, had a – for the size of person or human being that he was and what he did on the football field, um, it was phenomenal. Uh, I think it was unfortunate, you know, that he couldn't finish his career or more years here in New England. I think that would have, I think that would have solidified it and given him a a sooner bid uh, uh, to go in long, uh, you know, earlier on. But I think, you know, he has a a great opportunity. Um, you think about Rodney um, and what he did in San Diego to moving to New England and that opportunity uh, to play there and solidifying those dynasties. Um, I think he has a great opportunity as well. Asante's creeping up there just because of his numbers, right? A lot of guys that he compares to from a corner standpoint, they are similar. Um, all three of those guys are fighting with guys that are coming along that are just phenomenal you know like you know the, like once in a lifetime players you know um you know not to knock against you know those three guys i think richard is probably a once you know a, a guy that you can look at and say hey man this this dude is different you know there's not a lot of guys like him you know but there's a lot of really good, really good safeties there's a lot of really good corners but then you talk about guys like you know megatron you know it's hard to hard to say you can't throw that dude in the hall of fame right away um you think about guys like peyton obviously you know um so what they're going up against you know the the linebackers that are that they're going up against, uh, it's it's tough. The corners that they're going against, it's tough. Uh, the safeties, you know, it's tough. Uh, so I think uh, time will tell if they get that opportunity to be in, and I think eventually it will happen. I think definitely for you know guys like Richard. Um, I think definitely for a guy like Rodney. You know, I think uh, what's the uh, uh, Lynch? That's uh, John, John, John Lynch, Lynch yeah. who just John went Lynch, in this year. You know, yeah, see, got in, and he didn't go in. You know, every you know right when he was eligible. But I think his his body of work showed. So I think I think Rodney definitely has an opportunity to get there. So rooting for him, man. I, you know, Canton's only about a four and a half five hour drive from here. So I'm, I'd be I'd be up to to taking a drive. I got a Tesla, so I can just put it in autopilot and keep it moving. See, the thing that's frustrating for people around here, uh, Rosie, is what you is you're talking about, Richard. You know, Richard doesn't have those stats because that's wasn't, you know, he wasn't asked, as you well know, to just pin your ears back and go. You know, he's yeah. being asked to two gap and do all the things that don't generate st statistics. And then you get these slobs in these rooms who just look at stats and not to put you in a tough spot, 
but like I think people here in New England go, wow, Erlacher over Seymour. And I don't it's not it's not an either or sort of a thing. And Erlacher is a great player. But we sit there and go, well, look at what Richard did over the body of his career from a team standpoint, championship standpoint. But that's hard to get you into the Hall of Fame. And I think that that's what Richard's facing now, which seems yeah. to be a shame. Yeah, it, it is. I think um, just to, to jump on Brian's back real quick, you know, uh, he, he was an anomaly. He, he was a he was a unicorn being six, five, six, four, six, five, playing middle linebacker, can move the way he could, hit the way he could, make plays. So I think that situation um, was 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 different in that who he was playing for as well. No question. Again, you know, I had the fortunate opportunity to play for a couple of different organizations. And uh, Bill's thought process on football is totally different uh, than Greg Blosh's thought process. You know, like I said, when I came into New England, I was, okay, I'm on the line. I'm going to get it every single play. And Bill's like, no, buddy, they know you're coming to get it. We're going to, they're coming, they're sending two your way. We're going to drop you out here under, under Reggie Wayne. And we're going to send Rabel from the other side and he's going to get the 10 sacks. And I'm like, okay, thanks. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, which one would you rather have? Would you rather have, the Lombardis, or would you rather have the stats? And I think, you know, that's why Bill's able to lure guys to uh, to New England and uh, guys that want to stay in New England uh, for that purpose. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat. I think, you know, Bill's just been in the game so long that he's he's got multiple ways to figure it out. Rosie, my last question for you. I remember standing in the locker room with you one day, and it might have been, you know, it was probably the year after you were injured and you were talking about the next man up mentality in new england and how it was very different in new england than than it may have been in other places and certainly where you had come from where a guy gets hurt and there's this oh no feeling whereas in new england that didn't exist can you maybe elaborate on that a little bit well i think you know there's a lot of uh, there's been a lot of adoption of principles uh, of what i learned in new england when I got there, I think a lot of that, is, you know, social media attention to it. You know, I remember, um, and not, not to get off topic, but I remember uh, the Saints uh, and and Sean Payton doing having a mantra, and I'm like, Bill's been saying that for years. I don't know why. What, what, what's the big deal about that? But um, when I got to New England, I think I saw what the the, the, the process was to be able to have a next man up mentality. You can say next man up all you want to, but the guy that's, that that goes in there may not be qualified. Bill, you know, actually takes the time to figure out, well, can this guy do X, Y, and Z? And if he can do X, Y, and Z, then we're okay because if this guy has to miss a game for this or miss a game for that, then we don't lose much. You, you add that to him being an encyclopedia of football and formations and schemes and what you need to be successful or competitive on any given down. And now the next man of mentality is exemplified because a guy that was really just a special teams guy or a free agent for that year can now go in and feel. Because I remember, I, I distinctly remember watching the game uh, after I got hurt the next weekend. I can't remember who they played, but Chatham was out there. Right, Chatham was out there at outside linebacker. Big Mac was out there at outside linebacker. If, if you don't remember, in the Super Bowls, every Super Bowl that I was a part of, um, well, I take that back. The first two Super Bowls I was a part of, the first one, Rodney breaks his arm, and yep. um, and 
I can't remember who the young guy, the guy's name is. It goes and has the number 42. I can't remember his name. Sean Mayer. Um, was it Sean Mayer? No, yeah, it wasn't Sean Mayer. Um, but he, he goes into, I can't remember his name, he goes into the game and fills in for Rodney towards the end of the game. He, he actually gets beat yes. uh, on a touchdown in the, in the game, but we end up winning the game. The next Super Bowl, Geno breaks his arm. And well, maybe that was the one. That, maybe that was the one. I mean, that was the one. The next Super Bowl, Geno breaks his arm, and the, and the young guy, number 42, goes in the field for his spot. The first Super Bowl, Rodney breaks his arm. I can't remember who went in to fill his spot, but the next guy mentally played his role in that. I mean, it goes on to all the way down to the Seahawks Super Bowl. I, I literally, literally would jumped off my couch. Like I'm sitting here in my house watching Super Bowl, and I'm like, "There's, I mean, I'm, all I gotta do is run the ball." They throw the ball, and this dude picks it off, and I jump. I literally jump off my couch and say, "There's no way that happened." And it happened. And they go back and they show the practice film or the play, the play that he picked off in practice. I mean, you, you, it, it doesn't work if you don't have the proper preparation. And so the, it, it's a mantra. But you know, if you don't, I mean, you gotta, if you got a slappy out there, it's not gonna, you know, the, the next man up doesn't mean anything other than man, you just got beat with the next man up. But in New England, I think it, it, it it's exemplified because. They take the time to scout and to get the right guys that are able to do those specific things. Far from as slappy as this man, Rosie Colvin, always a favorite at this address. Rosie, this has been really fun, a little reminiscing and going down memory lane. Thank you so much. Best of luck with your kids. Best of luck coaching. And really, thanks for your time, and be healthy, man. Man, man, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Very blessed to be healthy, and uh, very blessed to be with my family. I wish, wish... What's that on you guys as well? Uh, I hope that uh, many more podcasts are uh, are transmitted um, through this microphone that I'm, t- I'm talking in right now. <laughs> well, it's great to speak to you today, Rudy. No problem, man. Thank you. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts.